Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We head to South Africa this week with Bruce Bearford's 1980 Second Boer War epic, Breaker Morant. As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Hello. And Nate. Hello. I'm sick. <laughs> Mike B is out on a commando raid this week and he'll join us next week. Yeah, he's off having fun while we're here suffering in sickness and movies like this. <laughs> so guys, what'd you think? <laughs> I like how they have both the same thing for you. <laughs> we're just like, oh, movies and sickness. <laughs> hey, you know, when you're sick, you sit down and you watch a movie. That, that is very true. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to talk with this cough drop in my mouth because the alternative is like hack. The alternative is hell for you viewers. Yeah. Um, That's one of the reasons why the microphone input was wrong last week. So I apologize. (laughs) I was slowly slowly falling into whatever fucking horrid thing this is. And it's been like fucking eight days of this crap. Yeah, I'm uh, I still got it. Doesn't sound like we from it's nearly as bad as what you had. Uh, no, for me, but it's just like this this cold, and it's in kind of my chest now, but uh, it'll get out soon. But anyway, the movie, uh, we're talking about the movie. Um, so uh, yeah, the um, well, we got we got to fill in the time somehow. It's a courtroom. Yeah, we got to stretch movie. this thing. You know? <laughs> if you want, we can end it in like two minutes. But uh, uh, so I guess OJ's guilty. First. Brian's <laughs> making the face of "Oh, you simpletons! You don't, you don't understand." You don't appreciate face. this great. That's, that's what he's piece. Uh, that that fucking smug face mm. is coming up. It's no, like, I, oh yes, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike this movie. I just, um, yeah, I'd never heard of it, and uh, as Brian told me, it's like one of the only movies about the Boer Wars, you know, in South Africa, and um, it, it has some interesting things to it, but uh, simultaneously, I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, I don't know, it's. It's, it's it has like I say it has some cool bits to it, and it's 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 fairly entertaining. Um, I don't love it or anything like that. It's okay, <laughs> you know. So that's that's kind of my spiel for for opening. Um, I'll let uh, the cough drop sink in a little bit for Nate and to pass it off to Brian. <laughs> yeah, that'll give me like another five minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little long. I know. But it's an interesting movie, you know, for what it is. Um, I wish there was another Boer War film that had a different perspective uh, versus a courtroom drama. But uh, no, it's very interesting. And what's crazy is that it's a true story. Like, this is basically like, you know, 90% of the truth of what they show in the film to what actually happened. Down to the attack where they're like, they actually helped defend the fort and then still get shot in the end. So it's just really, really crazy. Uh, spoiler alert. But um, it's a really interesting film, you know. Um, and one that was made, you know, in Australia for Australians. You know how, like, we keep talking about on this podcast how <laughs> films are a product of their nation. You know, and this is really a product of Australia, you know, Western Australia specifically. Because... You know, Breaker Morant is known in that part of the world, but he's really not known in this part of the world. And I think everyone here has to look him up. But he got that name because he uh, was known for breaking horses that were wild. Because Australia at the time, you know, was a colony. 
and even guys that went to like American soldiers that went to Australia in the Second World War compared it to the American Wild West of the 1880s and the 1940s. So you can kind of imagine what it was like in Western Australia when these guys were recruited to fight in South Africa, you know, around the turn of the century, 40 years earlier. <laughs> it's a very rough place. So you get very rough necks. Um, so anyway, no, it's a very interesting film. Not for the fact that, you know, they're in South Africa, but they really do show how different um, members of the empire were from different colonies. Like there's a one dinner sequence where like you have an Englishman, you have an Australian, you have a South African a guy that was in India, you know, and everyone has a little bit of a different culture because everyone has a little bit of a different experience because it's, you know, as they said, the sun never sets on the British Empire. So I don't know. It's a very interesting film. And it's one that really shows a time and place that doesn't exist anymore for multiple reasons. But uh, no, it's, it's very interesting. So not not to say it doesn't have its flaws that we'll get into, but it's uh, it's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I think the best actor is the guy who sounds like he's from every Monty Python skit ever. <laughs> uh, that narrows it down. Who are you talking yeah, about the, exactly? The, 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 <laughs> the corporal that's like got the gate guard or whatever. Oh, he's okay. a, I, I can't remember. There's a, there's a certain accent in the world that's like that. Well, anyway. it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not an expert at all when it comes to... Uh, British dialect, but uh, they all sound the same. It was all right, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, not only, but like, I don't know. It's just something like when I was watching this, I just, I just kind of had a realization. Like, I, some things that are like the things that are old and British to me are just sometimes funny. You know, like it's, I don't know how else to describe it, but like, just some of the stuff in this, the way people speak and stuff like that, and there's like that part where someone, the guy says, like, you know. Uh, I, I don't know anything about it. the guy who says, you liar! You know, it's just oh, like, uh, okay. he sounds yeah. like an opera singer. It's like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But, uh, uh, and I guess that's just my own my own personal things that sometimes I find old British things to be funny. Well, you know the, you know the lead is from? Just while well read it. Woodward. What's that? Do you know what the, who the lead is from? What he's famous for? Uh, I know him. I know, I know him from The Wicker Man. Yes. Uh, that's what that I, 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 yeah. Oh God! Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, that guy, the guy yeah. who, who who Nicolas Cage played in the remake. Yes, yeah, um, that's that was his. Uh, not the bees. Role. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, not there not are no bees. bees in the, uh, the in the original Wicker My Man. Eyes. You know, you know, they've cut that from any type of TV version of that movie. What a little the, little trivia here. What the? Are you talking about the Nicolas Cage one? Or yeah, what? They've, they've cut out cut, the bee scene. They cut out everything of that scene when the internet started making whole <laughs> of it they've cut it from everything oh that's stupid you, you can't you can't get it i think if i'm correct then don't quote me to on get this, old everyone who DVD decides copy. to go try to find it yeah <laughs> i believe all the streaming versions don't have that scene in that for the that exact for the reason because m night Shyamalan couldn't handle the fact that like or whoever made it i can't remember yeah uh, didn't couldn't stand all the all the fucking humiliation well, so they, they you know, cut it out of all the streaming things and then i think it's like one of the original versions have that scene well i'm sorry i hate to break it to you m night shamalama ding dong but you're everything you've done fucking sucks uh except for uh i don't know the sixth sense was kind of a product what about his time? last one that everyone said he was like really really good with whatever what older whatever it is no well no 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 Wasn't, didn't he strange. do didn't he do that one with the with um signs 
no, no. That's no, going no. way back. No, no Brian. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, the the cat the recent one. It's like a gay Science. couple and their kid, and it's like uh, a cabin, and he has to decide. The happening. Like, no. <laughs> I don't know. Look at trying to murder. Woods. Are you trying to murder me in my sleep? <laughs> Not no. Let's see. Um, Night there There's like a cabin movie. Damn it! I can't remember. Look it up. That's what I'm looking up right now. Yeah, it's got um the guy. It's got Dave Batista in it. Okay. Um, it's like it should be recent or knock recently. at the cabin. Yeah, is okay. that his movie? Uh, Hello. Yeah, or is that? Or am I completely not even like? No, it has Dave Bautista in it. Uh, Bautista. Re- Bautista. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't time. know how to read people's names. Um, one time. Oh, really? <laughs> Bautista. That's what I saw. Yeah. Like barista, but with no R. <laughs> oh, oh, see, now I, I purposely did that so I could kill Nate. No, you can kill me off. <laughs> That's oh. for laughing at me, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'll, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get, I'll get into my thing. Just, <laughs> yeah, back this, to the movie. This damn, yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, um, all in all, I mean, it, it's, it was a very interesting um, movie to suggest this week because I was waiting for, like, a 19, because the posters made me suggest that it was, like, a 1960s, you know, black and white film, and thankfully you know i i normally what i try to do is i try not to jump into anything prior to watching this and the h hbo had a black and white poster i'm like all right let's get ready and it was uh it was a colorized film from 1980 and that was like really really surprising and quality was really good to see an hd remaster of it and you know all in all i was not expecting a courtroom drama film you kind of understand what these things are going to be. You know, unfortunately these guys are going to be sacrificed due to people's ignorance and egos and people be not wanting to be embarrassed. It's it's Um, paths of glory. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, well, it's the same. I mean, I don't even think it's paths of glory. I just think it's real life. I think it's, Mm -hmm. I think it's real military bullshit that happens. Unfortunately that claims people's lives to, you know, to, to scapegoat and further, you know, push an agenda and save people who are, uh, you know, at risk of being in trouble if they ever or something were ever to come out. And, um, you know, I, I think it's the, the tales as old as time. It's just what era does it come out in? And, um, that's not to say that doesn't mean that I want to take away anything from this movie at all. It's just, I could see what was going to happen all the way through, but, you know, it, it, it is, I think it's obviously, like Brian said, it's a real story. So, obviously, the patterns exist, unfortunately, within military tribunals and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I don't know, it just seemed like it was a very unique um, war to kind of put it on. It kind of reminded me of a lot of, you know, I had to do a lot of research afterwards because I'm like, what the fuck is a boar war? Like, 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 are they killing boars? Like, and I knew like pigs, like pigs, but I knew, I knew it was a type of people like the boars and all that kind of stuff. But it was just like the very first thing I'm like, people. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like I was just like, okay. And, but I was like, they're like, oh, it's in South Africa. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm thinking like, oh, they're going to be like, you know, it's going to be like, you know, Zulu, Zulu, no, it's like German Dutch white farmers. I'm like, what the fuck? 
I'm like, okay. Uh, do you all not, right. Do you not know about the boars and you know? South no, and all I had stuff? no, I had nothing. Of, <laughs> okay. I knew nothing of that, so it was very like a left field for me. And so like, I just never, I just my I, my history fascination never came across that, that that side of the world. So it just was like, all right. So I got to learn something you you know, mean, after watching the movie. You mean there are white people in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I, okay, all right, hold on, like, like yes, I know, yes, I knew this going into it, but like I, I just, I just was like, I was waiting for, like, I, for some reason, I always thought the Boer War was like around like Zulu era, so I was also mm. waiting for like Martini Henrys, mm. and all I saw were like early Lee Enfields, and I was like, holy crap, like, yeah, it's like right. early nineteen hundred. Like yeah, just like right on nineteen hundred. Rule three oh three. Yes, I. Yes, following th- rule three oh three. Um, um, it's long. Um, I was not ready for how long it was, but I liked it. I thought it was. Um, I thought it kept its pacing pretty well. Um, I was not ever really checking the time per se to be like when is this over but like more of like how much time do i have left because i need to go do an errand so it wasn't because of the movie it was because i had life but you know it it just was interesting to say the least and um i liked the way it was played out and i liked all all the kind of tropes to it i thought it was very interesting and i was not expecting the ford attack um, and the fact that, you know, they would defend it and do all that. And so that was really cool. Um, but yeah, no, we can dive into it and talk about that. But I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed it. I was not ready to enjoy a movie like that. I was not expecting a movie like that today, but it was, it was good. Hmm. Not only do they, uh, you know, participate in the attack, they are, they're the ones who save the day. They're the ones who are, you know, pull out the machine gun and then they're out there shooting them in the back as they go away. So. Yeah, with a you know, Vickers, I think so. Yeah, something. Yeah, I don't know how accurate that is. If it, if like those guys, even though they did participate in that actual attack, if they were like you know, if they if it was saved because of them, necessarily. So, before we get into that, we can just jump into this quickly. What is a boar, and what is the boar war? Mm. Um, don't, don't be confused. Don't make it sound like the emu war. It's not. They're not. It's not pigs. It's not the same continent. thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, well, neither they, well, are emus, but I was gonna say I was I was gonna say that that's because there were Lewis guns and Lewis guns eat ostriches for like things all day long. So. <laughs> Says the man that wants an ostrich and a I Lewis want, gun. I wanted I wanted an emu and a Lewis gun. Yeah, in that order. Um, <laughs> that order. But uh, no. So long story short, South Africa is funny because it really all comes down to one thing long sea voyages so the they were trading with you know asia and um they were going south of africa along the uh cape of good hope if i uh remember correctly nathan cape town is that what that's called yeah because i forget what the one in the americas is called uh around south africa or sorry south america what are we at wait what are we asking here well, I'm just saying it's the story of South Africa is interesting because it really all comes down to shipping and mm-hmm. the fact that Europe is trading with Asia for spices and shit because there wasn't any Suez Canal yet and there were very long sea voyages. So they needed like a halfway point. And because the Cape of Good Hope, which is the passage um, 
from the Atlantic into the Indian Ocean. It's very rough. Uh, it's so rough. They wanted a place that's kind of equidistant there to like have dudes rest out and you know chill, have brothels, whatever the fuck, you know. So that when they're doing these long sea voyages, they had a place to stay. And the Brits were the first ones to set up a colony at Cape Town, next to this huge mountain called Table Mountain. So the Dutch East India Company used that. The Portuguese used that. All these traders used you know this port, Cape Town in South Africa, um, to you know basically go east and west. And with trade ports and stuff, and especially in Africa when you have this huge continent unlike the caribbean where you have small islands you know you're eventually going to hit a coast um it brought people and people eventually went inland and they settled and found things and a lot of people that um came to africa at the time were you know dutch people that or germans as well that really didn't like what was going on in europe kind of similar to what happened in america 100 years earlier you know with uh the puritans and everything and also this was uh in the 1850s that they basically found cape town and long story short, they pushed into the interior. And as they did, the British also pushed into the interior. And they found tons of resources, you know, gold, diamonds, you know, eventually cobalt today. But uh, as Nate said, you know, he was thinking this is going to be like a Zulu war movie or something. And the Zulu wars happened in the, like the 1870s and the 1880s. The Dutch were still there and they basically formed two places called the Transvaal and the Orange Free State. And they had their own sovereignty until about 1880, which was a year after Rourke's Drift and the disaster um, at Isluanda, which was the big Zulu war event that you see in the movie Zulu. And um, they basically just said the Transvaal now belongs to the United Kingdom because they found tons of diamond and uh, gold like resources in the last few years, like prospecting. The Boers didn't like that. And they declared their independence again and the British marched an army into the Transvaal and basically the, the Boer, the commandos destroyed them in this huge battle. They, they annihilated the column and there were a few other battles that were crazy. There's one big battle on a mountain where the British climbed it in the middle of the night to get above the Boers. And all of a sudden the sun came up and they realized that they had dug in on a false peak and the Boers were above them and the Boers shot down into the Brits thinking that they were above the Boers. And it was this crazy battle. So Long story short, the Boers win their independence in 1880. And then the scramble for Africa happens. And nobody really gives a shit about, you know, the Boers for about 20 years, 15, you know, 20 years. Then they slowly start to, like, arm themselves because they find more resources. And there's really nowhere left in Africa to get. And England basically sees this little, you know, blot, or the United Kingdom sees this little blot in their map of South Africa and says, we really want to make this all the same color. So 1899, they annex it, and they go to war. And the Boers do crazy things. They, they, they actually attack outside their borders in the South Africa proper with commando raids. And it gets really bad. They have, like, concentration camps where they basically take, you know, all the population, they burn all the villages, and they put them in these big camps. A lot of, you know, Boers die from that. It's really horrible. Really the first modern war, a lot of people argue. Um, it's really crazy and it's the first or the last real big war before the first world war. So it's, uh, it's very important to history. It's the first time trenches are really used. It's the Highlanders that fight in the Boer war that remember the Boer tactics that dig trenches at Mons in 1914 that stopped the Germans. You know, it's very interesting. The lineage of what happens here affects, you know, big world events. But uh, 
that's kind of a, a quick history of the Boer War. It's it's at the beginning of England's real scramble in Africa and at the end, you know? It's this like twenty year period where they just didn't care about it. And that and that was like what? That was eighteen oh one. So the Boer War was fought from eighteen ninety nine to nineteen oh two. And this took place okay. in nineteen oh one. Where basically they were trying to say, Hey, horrible things have happened, but you know, look, we're trying our own. And, you know, we're policing our own so we can all be the same. And, uh, you know, scapegoat for empire. The, um, when was the uh, Russo-Japanese War? That's... 1904-1905. Okay. And that was and that... just as big, but that, didn't, that really involved one European partner, you know? Right, like a... right, right, right. Yeah, because, I mean, like, I, again, like like you just said, like, I don't know. I didn't know anything about the Boer War, and so you know doing a quick search on my end but also just hearing you it's like like i wish i had more coverage because i'd love to like see like that whole entire thing about you know try and climb the mountain and they're on top of it's <laughs> fascinating <know>? yeah <laughs> there's um so the other thing too is that the boars get really famous because they have the mauser seven millimeter m93 which was the same rifle that the spanish were using at the time um during the spanish-american war and which basically made the U.S. government question their idea of what the fuck is a crag and why do we have it, you know, which led to the O3. Well, the same thing with the Mauser led the Brits to question their firearms, which led to the improvements of, at the time, the standard rifle was the Lee Metford. Um, but because there was such a big colonial army that was in South Africa, they used different things. Like, for example, the New Zealanders that were there they mostly use converted Henry Martini carbines that shot 303. So, and also I should mention, um, if 303 was a pretty new caliber, it really, uh, you know, 455 was used until, God, the mid 1890s. You know, the, the Lee Metford and, and that was very new. So they didn't want to give it out to anyone. So really only, you know, the good units had the Lee Metfords with the speed leads, they were called, which is basically anything with like a number three assembly action. And after the war, they use all what they learned and they say, we have to make a better rifle. So we're going to make the short magazine Lee Enfield, which is a Lee Metford that's shorter. that has a bull nose because if you notice the rifles in this, we'll get to it when we talk about you know, the firearms because there is an IMFDB page for this. Uh, they make, you know, they shorten the, the end of it because they don't want to get stuck on anything. And basically, the SMLE comes out of this war, you know, 1906, 1905, and they start to make the first ones. The war ends in 02. So it, it, it's very interesting. Um, but the Boers were using these really awesome Mausers that just really changed militaries across the world. It's why we get the 03. It's why we get, you know, the SMLE. It's, it's very interesting. So here's a quote that will piss off Nathan. I said, not quote, but in an assumption. I said, it's like my cousin Vinny mixed with Paths of Glory, but it's British and it happened. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> my I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not mad. I'm just impressed. <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen my cousin Vinny. What? what? Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's the best courtroom movie. Ever. I know of it, Brits. and I know what's in it, but I've not, I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. You've been to the South, and you haven't seen that movie. So maybe, 
so maybe that's why I'm not viscerally angry. I have look, 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 look. The only reason why I crawled down your throat last week about Death Snow, it's like that's a great that, movie. That's a horrible movie. <laughs> Stop saying it's a great movie. Oh, you Nathan, it's your the rights be wrong. It's fine. <laughs> uh, well, so do you. So it's fine. Yeah, exactly. But, so, but you know, but you're wronger. All I remember about that is is am I gonna get somewhat late tonight when I watch that movie? <laughs> why, <laughs> say that again. Which is why, which is why my comment was the way it was. So <laughs> that's all I remember about that movie is will I get semi lucky? And I got half lucky. I got like my first tug ever. So that was fun. <laughs> right when the guy's being like chainsawed, nothing gets me more going than that fucking scene. I guess. Ooh, I wow, <laughs> that's a hell of a tale. <laughs> well, this, is, this is your season, then, buddy. <laughs> Have fun. Yeah. Like I'm gonna if we if you make me watch that, just realize it might be with half a chub. I mean, that's fine. Uh, that changes my whole outlook. <laughs> what we you know what we're doing next week? <laughs> God no, please. Get the Tosh point oh like gay challenge. It's like, yeah, you just like you know get your friends in your underwear and watch gay porn. Whoever right, gets right, right, gay. right, 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 right. <laughs> Watching you, Michael. No. We could all do that on a webcam and just like wait, wait and see who breaks first. Oh God, Birch. Um, (laughs) this movie does touch on a few things that you touched on michael with your movie not to plug it anyway well what do we do in the heat of the moment you know Mm -hmm. like what's the human condition right they saw that guy's body not knowing that he was mutilated because he shot their commander (laughs) right yeah you know and yeah it's uh it's interesting and also getting to the root of something yeah. What is what is an oral order? You know, where does the buck stop? Right. And the I mean I guess that is the uh the 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 um thesis for the film. Um you know, cuz that's really what it's about. They never deny that they killed these people. You know, they never say that but it's like, well, it was all it was all about, you know, doing what we were, you know, basically rules of engagement or like, you know, rules of, you know, how to how to uh go about this war or something like that. So, that was the question that was really argued through it not necessarily whether or not this happened true you know mm-hmm. and not to justify anything but this is always a question that's applied to you know german pow's from the second world war right you know, and following orders and all that jazz so it is interesting to see the same things applied but to you know in some people's mind a more civilized nation or something in, in a war they've really never heard of so like the boer war you know mm-hmm. like what drives people to kill right, innocent yeah. people and things you know that one guy the translator he was just like i want to kill people (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah and then he's later on he's like no i didn't say that And they're like you were like ready to fucking kill people (laughs) and then died nobody gave a shit and just a fucking you know boars or the brits just a asshole yeah that was that was kind of interesting Mm -hmm. yeah well you know they do say it's better to be um Judged by 12 and carried by six. Mm. So you can understand why some people do things. Yep. Uh, but when the courtroom stuff did start, I was just at that point, I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, OK, this it's going to be paths of glory with this. Like, you know, they're going to the 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 uh, the higher ups are going to constantly lie and shit like that. And uh, we're going to we're not going to like that. <laughs> that's that's gonna be the movie you can't handle the truth right yeah it's gonna be stuff like that and i'm just like okay yeah. i mean yeah i've seen it before i'm not not i'm not saying it's bad but it's just like yeah i've seen it before this sort of thing 
But I mean, yep. I guess if I guess we have to, you know, other than Paths of Glory, I mean, what other movie at that point had done something like that? Because uh, mm. this is nineteen eighty, so what? it's not oh. we're not having the tropes of how many modern military film courtroom films. Have right. What the fuck's the Sorkin a... movie? The what? What the fuck's the Sorkin movie with the uh... the so the what? What who's um? What's the word you're saying? I don't even know what you're saying. I forget the writer. His name is Sorkin or something. He did uh, The West Wing, but he wrote that movie with, uh, trying to think of it. Um, it's got Tom Cruise, who's like a, a lawyer. I'm talking about oh, you're talking you about can't the, handle the truth. You're talking the thing about, yeah. I quoted with Jack Nicholson. You're talking about yeah, The Few Good Cruise. Men? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> you couldn't yeah another courtroom title. title. <laughs> you know. yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I only just quoted it, but you couldn't remember what the name was. Yeah, was you're like yeah. you made the quote. He's like, "Now, what's the name of that movie? You know, the one you just fucking quoted." <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. Okay, <laughs> no, sorry. he didn't say that. That's what that was okay. the joke. That he didn't say. Yeah. That. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah well, uh, Brian, for you, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's that sort of thing, you know. Um, but uh, Besides yeah, those two. I guess. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but um, but 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 I mean, I mean, I guess the difference is like you look like. That dramatic pause was not supposed to be in there. I almost choked on my cough drop. <laughs> that would have yeah. been dramatic. <laughs> oh, uh, The Cane Mutiny. That's a great movie, actually. Oh. Judgment in Nuremberg. There, there, there's a difference. There is a difference, though, between some courtroom things. I mean, because you could technically say The Bounty is a courtroom movie. Has anyone ever fucking seen that? I, I, I have no. never <laughs> seen that. I, I have seen the bounty. Oh, this is a podcast, and we need we need to talk, guys. So like, I have just, seen. I was reading a I was reading a text. I'm everyone sorry. Everyone just stared at me like I had four heads. Uh, I I'm, have I'm, seen I'm, that movie. Don't okay, worry. okay. So you have seen that movie. Yes. So I know the ship went down in the hurricane a few years. Okay. Ago. I know the whole so, story. So so I guess I'm not going to lead with that fucking topic because <laughs> you guys don't seem to. Care. I'm sorry. I, was, I haven't seen it. I was saying. I was saying. You've never seen. <laughs> You've never seen Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson, The Bounty. You've never seen that no, one. No, no, I've never seen that with with Liam Nielsen and Liam Andy, Nielsen. Andy Did I say it right? <laughs> Liam Nielsen. Lee. Nielsen. Nielsen. Liam Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah. I had a stroke. I'm sorry. That's staying in. That's, I, they, don't worry. <laughs> well, I keep my flubs. Um, There's the Night of the General. There's actually a lot of them. There were a lot in the '90s. There were a lot because of yeah. a few because of a few good men. Either the, have you guys seen The Hill? Random. Have you seen with Sean Connery? No. That's a, that's no. another one. That's it's a desert themed one. It's kind of interesting. But this is 1980, so that's why my point yeah, was. Right, I was just I trying to say this is the start of all this kind of stuff. So yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's like we've been bombarded with it for the last oh, 43 years. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I said 1980s is 43 years ago. God damn. Oh wait, no, Hearts War. Oh, it's so bad. A law student becomes a lieutenant during World War Two, is captured and asked to defend a black prisoner of war falsely accused of murder. Wait, say that You've seen that, right? Heart, I Hearts so war. vaguely remember it that like I don't remember the whole That's the call that's the Colin Farrell one where he Bruce gets like Willis. he gets like attacked. Yeah. He gets attacked by Germans dressed as MPs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Battle of the Bulge shit. Right, yeah. I don't remember the courtroom drama in it because it was so bad. I just remember the Jeep and like they were on a train and then Bruce Willis like takes apart a Luger in front of the Commandant and puts it back together. I was like, yeah, that's going to happen, you know. <laughs> we should watch that, but anyway. What, that's... what movie What movie is him like as a time traveler? Is that Six Monkeys? Who? Or... Who? Yeah. Colin Bruce Farrell? Bruce Willis. Oh, Bruce Willis. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, 
something about monkeys and it's uh I, think I, I had a buddy i had a couple friends of mine who were who were in that scene as reenactors with him in the mud yeah um where he's naked and they says he was just a major dick with a tiny penis <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine that doesn't surprise me at all it's just like i was like all right <laughs> that's what i learned today <laughs> and i was just like he's like he's like he's like to be fair it was pretty cold he goes but he was a major dick <laughs> um not his penis <laughs> not his penis um anyway hearts fucking so Christ. Bad. We've gotten off. We've gotten old Bay Hour off topic hard. Okay. I've never seen that's that's like a POW movie, right? You know, or yes, kind of yeah, but really stupid. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, I mean, let's 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 get a good like fifteen minutes in of this fucking movie, okay? Before we go off topic again, I mean, like the th- the thing is, I've, I've noticed is that the only thing I didn't like about this movie, in the sense, and the whole reason why I was kind of bringing up the bounty originally before everyone just stared at me vacantly like some dead fish sorry um the the movie that movie does a great job of of recounting flashbacks and kind of telling a story the only thing i don't like about this movie is that it seemed like i understand it wasn't what the goal was the goal was to have you travel through this courtroom journey mainly but what I liked about the bounty in that sense is that it felt like I was getting more of a story out of it. Now, now I'm saying that this doesn't deserve more of a story, but it it seemed more kind of disjointed, like nothing. Some things just didn't quite line up within the timeline, and I think that was my maybe was something that I maybe I wouldn't I didn't necessarily quite enjoy and kind of confused me sometimes because it's like okay, what's the timeline of you know the prisoner killing to the killing of the of the missionary guy and all this other stuff. And I get it. It's all disjointed to different time frames. But I was, that was the only thing I was noticing with this movie is that it was, I was having a hard time kind of following that, that timeline. Whereas the bounty tends to, you know, kind of tell a story from start to finish of obviously the start to the end result. I know this doesn't have the same type of thing, I wouldn't say it's non-linear, but yeah, it's kind of like that uh, that whole thing where like they're the, they're trying to unfold two different stories at the same time, mm-hmm. and 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 it's like it worked, but I think that's where the movie tends to kind of like drag sometimes. It's like, okay, well, where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. Like, what what's the reason for the killing of the missionary? And it wasn't like some dramatic thing. It was just like, oh, we think he's passing intel. Fucking wreck him. Yeah, you know. So like. Okay, you know, and and I and I understand that, and it does, I'm not saying that it, it, it tracks to what I think of the movie. It's just if you compare it to other movies of the same era of telling kind of like a courtroom military drama tribunal thing, it's like it just felt a little bit more disjointed than the rest of the films that I've seen mm-hmm. in terms of that. Like, um, like uh, Samuel Jackson's waste of motherfuckers oh uh, yeah with, uh, movie like yeah. you know like that's kind of all over the place in that uh, sense because that... it goes from vietnam to fucking yeah guy pierce uh, was in that Iraq what was that called whatever. what was that movie called uh fuck for some reason i thought it was the movie where he goes yes they deserve to die and i hope they burn in hell but it's not i, I just no, realized it's, no it's um, not that movie no it's just tommy lee jones yeah oh god damn it it's gonna Hold on. No idea. Hold on. Fucking Jesus. 
Uh, rules of engagement. That's what the fuck. I knew yeah. it was rules of something. I couldn't yeah. remember what it was. Yeah. Again, the uh, the topic of this sort of thing, rules of engagement. Liar! What? <laughs> liar! Yeah. You liar! 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 Like, yeah. I was thrown off by that. I was like, okay, that's a, that's a British, that's a British BBC type. Right, yeah. Right Should have had everyone, like, jump in their seat when he said it. And it's just like, Jesus, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like, it, it, I wish, again, like, I think what Brian says, like, I wish we had more of this kind of era on film. Mm. Because again, it's like, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of like Korean War kind of predicament where no one gives a fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it really, truly is. I mean, like, no one gives a fuck about, you know, England being more English and, you know, fighting after, you know, <laughs> Dutch and South Africa. Like, no one gives a fuck about that shit, mm. unfortunately. And I think anyone who would give a fuck has been long gone. So it's like, can how can you do a subject on a or can you how can you rope? I think the the question is now is how can you rope in an era into a subject matter that people want to talk about? Yeah. Well, it's I guess I've, which I think is what we're starting to see with like, I only I only mean this just because we just watched it unfortunately, but Blood and Gold. It's like, you know, people are roping in a way. Could you? <laughs> Oh no! What I'm, I'm I'm laughing at the idea. Hold what, on. What, what hypothetical <laughs> what if, movie did you come what up if, with? What if what if what if people just started fucking like? Because instead of just throwing stuff into World War Two, yeah. What if they did that with the Boer War? Exactly the same thing, <laughs> but you just do it with the Boer War. So it's like you know, a bunch of pith helmets. You know, British people with with Victorian era mustaches are hunting gold in a Dutch oh, village. God. And, hey, you, you could know, like you could do it and make it like you know you could do it. Yeah. It's like absolutely you could do it. Yeah. Colonizer, of course, it, you know, would, like you could you could do it. <laughs> it would, like it'd have like the tone and the feel of the mummy or something, you know. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, right? There is a a film called Uncle Kruger. It's a 1941 German film about the Boers fighting the English in, in South Africa. Yeah, I wonder who the villain is. <laughs> the Nazi propaganda film. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, can we find um, that? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> so Young Winston apparently also takes place. Uh, during the Boer War from the 70s. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you're going to laugh. There's one called Blood and Glory. <laughs> Not Blood and Gold. Fe- <laughs> no, it's a feature film to South Africa. And uh, it's apparently set during the Boer War. So maybe I'm a liar. Hmm. It's from the Boer well, maybe, side too, which is interesting. Maybe we can find more. Maybe we can do some more Boer War more. films. Not not this month, but maybe we can find something. More Boer. More Boer. More Boer. More Boer. Yeah. More Boer. More Boer War. Hashtag more Boer. <laughs> Hashtag more Boer. Yeah. yeah. Um, inter- I've always thought South African history has been really interesting, you know. Um, but uh, Very much so. Yeah. So it's always something. It's always where are you cool from, South Africa? <laughs> but uh, it's always cool to. Uh, so it's always cool to see it, you know, and stuff like this, or just you know, looking at photographs and everything like that. I always think it's a, uh, you know, it's kind of like a weird version of the United States when you know with the colonists and such like that. It's kind of the, pretty much the same thing. What I was thinking was interesting, at least in a way, to myself. It's trying to start mm-hmm. with, but um, when they had all the different you know, let's say people from the colonies at the table, you have the Australian and you have the Englishman, you know, the Indian, the South African talking. I thought to myself, thank God there's not an American there because if we didn't win the revolution, we would just be another flavor of the empire. Mm. You know, 
I'm not saying that's a bad thing in any way, but it's just, right. I don't know. It's just something interesting. To it's see, an interesting you know. thing to think about, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay. Oh, the American contingents arrived. It's like, well, I'm glad no, they, they didn't have you. an American in there either because, you know, he would pay been taxes. Like, fuck you. You know, he would have been like a gunslinger who's just like reaching for the food and stuffing it in his face and, or something. There's this great <laughs> gift going around for like an anime that's like, has an, like, this is what American is. Hey, you fucking guys, what the fuck you fucking want? You want some motherfucking hot dogs? <laughs> fucking guess fucking hot dogs you fucking have. That is Holy always. Fucking shit. I yeah. mean, I mean, to be brutally honest, though, to be brutally honest, when Brian. Brian's on the World War II TV. That's about what they think of him. Anyway, so. <laughs> oh, God. so mad when he was swearing. God, even though Paul God. swears too. Sorry, but yeah, they were like, "Oh, this! Oh my God! Can you say anything else?" Yeah, but that I'm ta- word? we're talking about oh. war and people dying and murdering each other. But no, you can't. You have to use the king's language. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Paul defended you in the comments. What? Is, what yeah, what does "fuck" mean? Fornication under consent of kings. It's because you're from you. Connecticut. That's the problem. Is you're. You, you're part of the original 13. That's why they hate you. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Sorry. You know. There's people that, you know, got to the moon. There's people that didn't. What did they use? Anyway. Um, Your state was constantly on the king's side. I don't know what they're bitching about. Mine? Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> we had a... T- dude, go fuck yourself. They burned the, the, the city. Yeah. Fucking basically... I would. I would feel... Yeah, fuck it. The Chesapeake Bay was like, you know, Queen Victoria's swamp. Fuck you. <laughs> they, the town I was born in, they burnt, the British burned down. Because <laughs> they had salt there for the colonial army. Like, two miles from where I worked, the, the colonial army wintered in 1778. Nice. Well, I know, I know. I wanted to see what you would do. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh, wow, look. Look at General Lee's marching north. Gonna do nothing. Hey, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not talking about, yeah. apparently, the, fest, the fence-sitting era. Okay, <laughs> Marylanders held held their own just the same as Connecticut. Dumb, dumb bullets. <laughs> huh? Dumb, dumb bullets. Yeah, blow the oh. back of your head apart or whatever. That's a World oh, War I thing, dumb, too. Dumb, right. Mm-hmm. But that was used for, you know, the, the metal sparking on the back of the sniper shields. Mm-hmm. So, again, you see where things start, you know? And do you know how you make a dum dum? Hmm. You, you just pull ahead of a bullet and flip it over. Oh, that's yeah. what that's called. Yeah, I know that. I've heard about that before. But that's what that's really? called. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's because the front of a bullet is pointed, and the rear right. of a bullet is a boat tail, or usually it's boat tail for military round. So it just looks like a like the you know, bottom of a boat. So I you flip it around. I thought maybe they shaved. Maybe they no, shaved you it. just flip the flip, flip it around, around and you hammer it in. I didn't know that was the name for it. That's the shape. Yeah. Yep. I did, in World War One, did they use those uh, like penetrate tanks and stuff like that? Well, it won't penetrate, but it causes spalding on the interior of the armor. Okay, because it will hit, and the force gets transferred through, but it won't penetrate. Mm-hmm. So you still get the fracturing of the steel and thus spalling. Okay, so it is effective in a way. Yeah, I heard about that being used in World War One. Because you see, like you know, the guys with the face shields for their eyes—that's mm-hmm. that's the real risk. It's not, it could, you know, your skins you would usually stop it depending on the. That you know, pen, all, you know, a lot of factors, but mm-hmm. your eyes are really what's at most danger from that. Right. Hmm. That's um, interesting. I never knew that. Yes, kangaroo court. Just want to call it that because it is most, you know, Australians being tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um. I mean, like, by all British superiors, which is totally like you know. I, I like how they're like, oh yes, mm, yes. Mm. Uh, they steal horses and they, or they steal cattle and they make booze and they, 
they do all the debauchery that no Englishman does, even though I partake in it. Like it's like, oh my god, like, like the like the the bullshit of British of empire of, of the British Empire. But I mean, I will not put a blanket like that so heavily on that just per se. Any military tribunal, of course, are complete bullshit unless it's cut and dry. Unless it's like obvious cut and dry, like this dude just shot this colonel in the face because he didn't want to go to on watch, then yeah, okay, fine. But like most military tribunal stuff is just so we need someone to be scapegoated, so fuck you. Hacksaw Ridge, another one that oh. has a trial. <laughs> it's Michael's favorite movie. Uh... <laughs> yeah. The 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 interesting thing though, what I think I don't I don't I think Desmond Doss was was uh brought before a military court. I don't, but I don't. I'm not sure. I think he was though. Uh, I believe he was. Yeah, I think I'm pretty he sure was. he was. But then yeah. his drunken World War One father came in. Yeah. And his drunken World War One great great great. No 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 no. His drunken Elrond uh, high elf came in. And told him that. Come on, Brian. Get with the <laughs> war, okay? Elrond of Rivendell came in and stopped him, or Agent Smith. I was about to say he's the and came in and stopped yeah. him from you know killing him because I was not going against the great the 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 algorithm of what the computers he wrote the for the future dystopia. Doss, huh? just a D cell battery. Doss, I love when he. I love <laughs> that. I love when he comes in that. And, you know what you are, Doss? <laughs> a virus. <laughs> I can I can taste. Your stink. Your stink. <laughs> I just watched that last night, dude. I, I love that I line. just watched the first Jesus. one and then I and then I went to the second one and I went, This is a mistake because I love you too damn much came up and then I was like, Nope, nope. These movies suck. The first one's the best. The rest of them can suck. Anyway. Oh, the best green movie ever made. Um but uh, taste. Made in an line. era where green text on I'm computers was like it. a thing. Smell it. Yeah. So nobody knows what it is today. No one knows about that. They think that's just a thing from movies, but no, that is true. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. What? The Matrix screen. Yeah. The, the, the uh, green text. Um, yeah. But uh, so what were we talking about? The movie. Um, yeah. Uh, courtroom stuff. Uh, the end of uh, Casualties of War uh, has a court, a military court as well. And I haven't seen that in a long that is time. that is more of one of the cut and dry things. It's like, so you did rape and murder this woman. And they're like, uh, yeah, sorry. It's it's not it's really <laughs> forever. It's boring. Yeah. It's it's, it's more of like where the, the, the military court is actually like, you know, they should have a trial over this. <laughs> and again, I mean like there's there's some things, like I said, like that should have a should have a court. Yeah. But then there's things like this where it's like, oh, this got out that they killed a bunch of people under the white flag. Oh, if it founds out that I said this as a colonel, mm-hmm. then I'm going to look bad in my Victorian era thing. You know who can die? These three nobodies in Australia from Australia. Because fuck them. And that's, and that's the bullshit. And it's like we can read it from 10 miles away as something that's going to happen. I'm surprised they, they let the... Uh, I mean, like Brian said, that's a real story. So, But I'm kind of shocked that like... They didn't just straight up kill all of them, and not just the, not just the two. The other, yeah, the other guy he served a few years, and then, like I said, got out. Um, yeah, we're all pawns of something. I don't know. It's just crazy. They're all doing the same thing via orders, and then at the end of the day, if you need to get used for something, then you know, whoops. <laughs> It was a really bad war. Yeah, they weren't wrong. These guys did commit crimes. That's that's true. But like 
the end of the day, you know, it's everyone had their hands dirty. Like even at the point where you have the um the lawyer, you know, he's like, wonder what I did for the last six months? Like, you know, I was Well, even was the intelligence officer was gonna go to court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was he was lined up next to be done. I mean, probably not the same. I mean, he said, like, I probably will not be charged with, like, murder. He's like, but I'm going to be charged with something. But do you know anything about that guy or no? I mean, was that ever recorded? The next guy? The intelligence officer dude? I'm not sure, to be honest. Okay. Again, real people. But they mentioned at the end that he took a high post um, up in... uh, Australia, or sorry, in uh, South Africa or the Transvaal. That area eventually all became, you know, different places. Because um, you look at South Africa today, it's a straight line for the northern border. Rhodesia, uh, you know, there's Mozambique and everything up there, but that, that was never part of uh, the empire. That was Portuguese until they gave it up in 77. Um, That's crazy that it, they... That that was Portuguese till seventy seven. I mean, Portuguese but that, had a but very also, horrible colonialism that put like people in shackles and chains and things until seventy seven. And it's wasn't very, that, not very well known. And for, no, I just want to end with this: not very well known. It's forgotten. But Portuguese paratroopers armed with AR ten rifles, patrolling with lizard skin camouflage and Mag fifty eights was a thing in the seventies, which hmm. is crazy to think about. So. Well, you, um, I know you and Mike have gone down a rabbit hole on that on a subject. I can't remember what subject we were talking about. I remember you guys talking about lizard skins and AR-10s. I think that was, they might have been the K ninety eight, the K ninety eight. There weren't many other places that used that combination. There was, um, well, because when was the South Africans turmoil? When was South Africa's turmoil in like? Well, after so basically, it worked its way south through Africa. Right. So because it but but like in but like like Egypt the only... in fifty eight, right? You know, with the Suez Crisis, and then it slowly works its way south throughout Africa. As you have decolonization that takes over through the mid sixties, you're in the Congo, Katanga, then Rhodesia, UDI, nineteen sixty four, um, slowly pushes south. It hangs out north of South Africa for a while because South Africa funds it, and they try to keep communism away from them and away from their borders. Then eventually Rhodesia Falls, Mozambique Falls, Zambia Falls. Um, there's a lot of fighting in Angola in northern South Africa. In Angola in South Africa kind of simmer out as the Cold War simmers out. And that's kind of where it stops. And then Mandela takes over. Because that's that whole conflict for everything. lethal weapon too, right? Like that's like the Yes, whole... yep, that's the late 80s and everything. Yeah. yeah. Parthide and all that stuff, horrible. But you you have that's where it stops, you know, just just north of South Africa is where they're able to really and it was the Cold War ends. And then you have the governments to take over for what we have today. You still have the same government leading Rhodesia or Zimbabwe now that you had to take over 1980. So, hmm. yeah, because they're still, they're still having a lot of uh, mainly oh, yeah. race, race oriented troubles over there. Well, it's a lot of reckoning for a lot of bad history, you know? It's, uh, I don't know. So, so, so are the Boers? So, so are the Boers still like integrated with so, the population, or like what? Like what the happened Boers to the Boers became in general? The whites of South Africa because they speak um, a certain. They speak Afrikaans. Afrikaans, which is, which is like, and I have. It's like really Dutch and Zulu kind of combined. I have some friends that are from South Africa, and they all have that accent. Like Musk, he's from South Africa. You know, he they got that very interesting accent, and you know, since the nineties. 
a lot of things have changed. It's gotten a lot more dangerous, you know. Like, if you look, look at um, District 9, they shot that in Joburg, Johannesburg, you know. Like, it's just, unfortunately, it's very impoverished. And it's a country that's still forming. And every country that's forming needs 5,200 years to figure itself out. And we're 25 years into that process, you know. So it just, things take time and things have to change. A lot of the Boers became farmers. And there's actually a film, I got to look it up, but it's about South Africans during the Second World War and how there was a very high sentiment towards Nazi Germany, like pro-Nazi Germany in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Michael? Don't just saying that uh, the whole thing with the with the 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 Boers, you know, the farmers, you know, all there, that's the whole thing that's been going on over in South Africa recently with the um, the the basically the descendants of the Boers have been like, you know, people are coming to their farms and raiding them and slaughtering them and doing horrible things to them. Um, those are, do you hear about those stories today? Those are like descendants of the Boers. Okay. That's, it's very that's bad, the population yeah. that's being targeted by a lot of, a them. lot of them are leaving and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. I, it's gotten worse in the last 10, 10 years. Yeah. Apparently. My girlfriend, Jamie, she's like, she stays super updated on that stuff because it's like to her, well, it's, and it should be to everyone as well. It's, you know, a, a really, fucked up thing that should have attention on it yeah i have i have a i have a friend's wife who's south african and all of half all her whole family still there Mm -hmm. and they constantly are dealing with people raiding their farms coming in trying to threatening to burn stuff down steal uh raid or threaten to kill them rape them like the whole nine yards and she's like she stays in contact with them and they're armed to the teeth down on that farm. And it's like yeah. their own little like raid, you know, their whole homestead there. Some of the, and they're just holding their ground. Some of the stuff Jamie has told me, the stories she's read, she's like, my God, dude, <laughs> you know? And it gets no attention either. No. I mean, it's like nothing that people don't care. It's a reckoning well, in people's eyes. Yeah. There's a lot of things that people want to not, they want to, you know, pretend that that doesn't happen. But, uh, Anyway, now we're getting kind of political. It's, yeah, that's that's political. It's yeah. very Let's rough history, you know, and that's the problem when you have a certain period of one power doing things, you thus have a certain period of another power getting that out for whatever reasons and economic strife and poverty and unfortunate situations just make it worse and bring out the worst in people. Just like this film depicts, you know, what do you do in certain situations? you know what is evil what is a monster nobody well that's the argument you always argue you know nature versus nurture but it's uh yeah you know it's that's what you get (laughs) there's a great i forget the book but there's a great um thing i remember where uh basically you know at the end of the second world war the germans lost east prussia they had to give it up to soviet union which is now Kaliningrad, you know, is an enclave of Russia. And, you know, these East Prussians were walking through Poland, going west, and everyone was crying and stuff. And one of the, uh, this this girl's father, like, looked at her and said, well, you know, sometimes you got to pay with land for your deeds. And this is just our paying for our deeds with something. So we lost our homeland because of actions we took. And that's just the way it goes. So that being said, you know, it's, Sometimes a generation loses something for their country mm-hmm. that they can never get back. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's what happens. So, I don't know. It's uh, and, uh, History's funny. Yeah, and with uh, when it comes to what's going on in South Africa today, it's, and it's, it's, uh, 
it's from a generation that's from from a generation that has nothing to do with them, you know, or or that that they don't have anything to do with, you know, from a previous generation. Yeah. So you know, it's unfortunately just you know nothing goes away. Yeah. Like uh, another quote I love is hopefully hope to God your country never gets occupied because you know, it brings out the worst in everyone, you know? Absolutely. So I would say the movie, the pianist kind of does a really good job of showing that. Yeah. I can remember one thing I'll say while we're waiting for Nate is so in the original trial, you know, there are a few things that differed. Mm -hmm. First thing was there were actually six guys that they were trying and three of them were acquitted or they got different sentences. So they only chose the youngest one and uh, two guys that ended up getting shot. The Kaiser never put any thing into like any, I don't know, telegram or something saying that he was mad that a German minister got shot. Mm. Like that might've happened uh, between, you know, cousins or something because they were related, but there's nothing official that ever happened. Like they've mentioned in the movie. Hmm. Interesting. A lot of guys were getting their grudges out on their officers they didn't like. Like the one guy that said he'd walk 60 miles to shoot, you know, one of them. Mm-hmm. That was true. So, like, a lot of the people that were, you know, as they show with, like, the one captain that were testifying just wanted to get grievances out against them. And they're like, oh, really? Well, now's my time. Fuck them, <laughs> you know? So, it's uh, like how interesting. Uh, nonchalant the uh, opening the the opening text is. <laughs> Uh, it's just like you know it's, it's very complicated but to sum it up that's kind of like what it says mm-hmm. I think I think the movie did really well I I, I all all thing I know is that I really want one of those bandoliers <laughs> with the for my Lee with the bullets sticking out on the end yeah <laughs> I really 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 want one of those I just got a Moss 49 bandolier mm-hmm. uh, for like 10 bucks I don't know how i got it for that cheap but i did and like that's one of my goals is like if i can go to a range with like a bandolier on my shoulder i'm gonna feel so good so it's like if the theme today is lee enfields it's like i'm gonna go to the range with a lee enfield with with one of those lee enfield bandoliers i bet i could find one like that somewhere you know this is the height of like you know african british colonialism it's crazy hats Mm-hmm. Good rifles, really cool kit. You know, it's um, pre-helmets. This is the craziest it will get. It's not as uh, crazy as um, uh, talking about British stuff. It's crazy that uh, one about the Crimean War, that movie that we watched. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that was 50 years before this. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which is insane. Yeah. No, but just to think about how much it changed in 50 years. Yeah. You know, with the advent of just different tactics and things. And, and only 50 years before that was fucking... Um, or 40 years before that was Napoleonic Wars. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy to think how far they came in such a short I, period of time. Okay, I don't want to I don't want to change the topic so much, but I have to ask this question since you asked it. Mike, have you seen the new have you seen the trailer for Napoleon? The I've Africa seen the trailer. Ones? Yes, I haven't seen the movie yet. No, right, it's, it's not out yet, yeah. so I mean, I'd ask you a question if you, I'd ask you to connect me who you knew if you saw the movie. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, what do you have? Uh, I know we've, I know, I know I'm going to ask Brian after he's done chewing whatever the hell he's eating, but <laughs> the, what do you think of the trailer? Do you think it's just going to be? Uh, I think it could look pretty, I think it looks pretty cool. I think that, you know, it feels too modern to me for it to be. Well, 
some of the, the yeah. I say this only because of the trailer, the way it does, like, blah, 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 like it has to hit the. You always have that. It has to hit the generational right. intriguement of a movie because Ridley Scott, I believe, is the guy who said that people are too involved in their phones to care about real cinema anymore. So he's obviously caving to that and trying to hit a trailer that mm. matches the same aesthetic because didn't his last feature, like the last duel, like fail horribly because. It's just a really weird movie. Yeah, I think uh, he tried to go a little more doing a you know avant garde kind of stuff, like how he did. Look, I'll just say I can't believe you cast Matt Damon as that role. It just doesn't work. <laughs> but that's just me. That was uh that was he was that was something that he started like at the beginning of his career. I think that that movie, um, and then he just like sat down to do. Uh... Bri- Brian's trying to swallow his almonds so fast. That he can comment on this. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Peanuts. Peanuts. Jesus. Okay. Sorry. He can probably say it better than me. Sorry. Sorry. The lower class nut to put in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Nathan. I don't specialize in BBC like you. So, um, what do you call it? I'm looking forward to it. It doesn't look too modern to me. I'm sorry to hear what you mentioned because it's stupid. Um, but We'll see. I'm really looking forward to it, and I just, it's hard for me to pass judgment on something until I see it because trailers are so tricky. You know, there's so many good trailers that are horrible films, and there's so many horrible fil- horrible films that have good trailers. You know, so it's uh, no, I I agree. I mean, it's hard. That's why I try to stay away from trailers because I don't like being I don't like having things ruined for me in a trailer. Um, the only reason why I had asked that question with the Napoleon is just like. That is also something that we that just a comment on something that is not normally seen in cinema anymore since the seventies and eighties. Mm, yeah. Right. Am I right on that, or am yep. I wrong on that? Say that yeah. one more time. What What was it? Like that that Napoleonic warfare has not really been seen since the seventies or eighties in terms of high release cinema movies. I'm not talking well, about sharps, sharps. right? Well, well, I, I was. It's a T. That's a TV movie, and as much as I will bow down to that fucking series of movies that outside of that i can't think of something now look you and i you and i have a difference of opinion those movies are fucking awesome and amazing you think they're awesome and amazing except for the soundtrack i think they're awesome and amazing because of the soundtrack so you know that's fine we can we can we can disagree and i love your face right now well you're wrong so. <laughs> like i mean it's you're doing like that you're talk you're doing the opinion thing where i don't agree with it again so um, well, I mean, there's, there's there's a theme here. You and I tend to differ on a lot. Of, like, I know you you got to go back to school. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> well, it's interesting. Seeing uh, like something like this hasn't been done since then. Um, uh, Stanley Kubrick uh, at one point wanted to do a giant Napoleon movie. Um, was I think it was back in the '60s even. Uh, it was because Waterloo failed that they weren't he wasn't allowed to do it, but he got really high and crazy into it. And one of my favorite things about it is because I always think about this with my films. He had a note where he had like a, a drawer or sorry, like a file cabinet and every single drawer was filled with note cards <laughs> that said every single day of his life, Napoleon's life. So like Cuba could just like open up a random drawer and be like April 6th, 1804. He was wearing a gray coat. He went to the fair. Like he knew everything wow. because he wanted to paint Napoleon's story. So amazing. And it was going to mostly focus on his young life. And like him, you know, before the um, Bastille Day and all that kind of shit. And it's very interesting. It but seems it didn't like happen, unfortunately. it seems like really Scott's gonna go there though. Mm-hmm. I think it, so. it might, yeah, that whole thing. But uh, it's probably like four or five hours long. 
Um, it's four and a half hours four, long. So okay, right I was now. right. Um, it's going to be released. If they're talking about releasing it as a four and a half hour film. Yeah. See, like, it, I would go see it in theater if it was, like, all of us going together. But I don't think I will sit through it in a theater for four hours. Have you seen Oppenheimer? Sean and I are going to see it together. No, I have not. <sighs> you need to go see Oppenheimer. I know. Bro. It's money, though. I know. <laughs> but it's, if, if you go on a Tuesday on, like, fucking three in the morning... <laughs> Not three in the morning. Yeah, it won't God be that late, dude. <laughs> sorry, three in sorry, the afternoon. Sorry, sorry. Rock, no, three in the afternoon. Yeah. It you're it's like eleven bucks. Okay, you jerk off in the you back. Spend, you, spend, <laughs> you spend more. You spend more on your lunch or on a vending machine these days than you do on a movie. If you go if pull you do a it, if you do it if you do it correctly, right. and I don't mean like go and get like a pizza and a beer and have a hand delivered to you with butter popcorn, and then it's like a forty dollar. Right, but you know, like like go and you know. Go and sit down and and just just fake your own tickets and it costs yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When you, I, oh uh, yeah. I, anyway, <laughs> I'll go into another story later. That's that's a story off air. Um, all right, let's let's launch into it. Um, so I'm FDB. Uh, it's been the first time in a while we've had one. Mm-hmm. So I think since Lord of War. Um, it's gonna be a short one, thankfully. But uh, we do have some stuff. Webley. Webley. Uh, oh, so. You have the wrong ones. Is that a later version? Yeah, so they sh- they yep. should have been the earlier ones, right? The, yeah, the, the short big... ones are like snub nose. They're very small. Mm. Like the one you see in Zulu is, is more correct. The Mark IVs were earlier. Those things are huge. Yeah, well, it's World War One. Yeah, a huge fucking pistol. Trench revolver. Pistols are funny, you know, mm-hmm. as as they needed them, they got more. So the Webley slowly evolved. It wasn't this big hand cannon forever. The Boers used a crazy multitude of stuff. Yeah, I um, I do kind of like that they do show that then they're all wear, they're all using like man uh, Mauser type rifles, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what yep. they would have had. They used Henry Martinis. They used a lot of things, and the they said the commandos, you know, they had to have enough provisions. We're like a week and ammunition and everything ready to go at all times. Mm-hmm. Seem to have a lot very of similar to a Minuteman. Seem to have a lot of American Western type guns at this point. South know. Africa is the Commonwealth, you know, wild, wild west. It's a very, you know, right way to compare them. <laughs> a correct assumption, I should say. That was really cool to see the C96 broom handle. Um, the really early versions of them did show up in the Boer War. They were called cone hammers because they have cone sides on the sides of their hammer. They're milled out. And uh, Winston Churchill actually carried a C-96. And Winston Churchill was captured by the Boers at one point, actually, on a, um, a train. And his, so his C-96 was taken from him. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, yeah, he was a war correspondent. Yeah. So... <clears throat> I'd love to see these. These are something I don't have in my collection, but they're very neat. Long, long rifle. They're, yeah. Well, now you know why they went to the short. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's crazy because, you know, they they went to the long, you know, to the long leads at Lee Medford's. And then they went to the SMLE. And just at the beginning of the Second World War, they had really, you know, the Empire had run its course with the Enfield action, the SMLA action. They wanted something better. They made plans to adopt a new rifle that didn't have this finicky five-round magazine. You know, we're going to go back to a traditional shooting rifle called the Pattern 14. Oh, World War One starts. 
and then you get 30 more years of Lee Enfield. Brian, so, what, what is that? That's a magazine cutoff. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Never so seen that, that allows you, that's, you're supposed to have that on until your officer orders you to take it off so you can um, access your lower magazine. And that was huh. a Medford. They didn't have um, any provisions for chargers or stripper clips. So um, you had to load it by hand. Later on, the later rifles did, and then they had something called a floating charger bridge, which is uh-huh. literally this piece of like metal that goes back and forth. That when you pull all the way back, it forms the right wing of um, a support for a charger, so you can lose stripper clips. Because oh, you know, the, the 1890s, the late 1880s, early 1890s is like a very innovative period for firearms because you just have smokeless powder, so you have all these new things you can do. So you don't have to do tubular magazines anymore. You can have box magazines. Well, if you're going to do box magazines, how quickly can you get that shit in there? Hence, you're at San Juan Hill in fucking Cuba, and you're, you know, going up it with a crag. It takes you forever to reload your crag while that guy has a fucking five rounds to put in his M93 with a rifle he can shoot you at 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to mention, or at least I don't want to forget, is so the Boers were really known for their accuracy, like legendary for their accuracy, for being able to pick off Highlanders at like 400, 500 yards or meters. You know, it, it was crazy. All these guys talk about getting, the Brit veterans talk about getting just sniped at really long ranges, not being able to hit anything. Well, it turns out that they had a lot of trouble with the 303 cartridge at this time, and they really didn't know it. And most of the ballistics tests and performances had the rifles off about two inches at 100 yards. So, Hmm. yes, the Boers are very accurate and they knew what they were doing with shooting, but the British soldiers were at a complete disadvantage from the beginning because they had very wonky ballistics going on with their rifles and with the early 303 cartridges. So, how accurate were the Boers really? Yes, they're good, you know sportsmen and they're good woodsmen if you you know for lieu of a better term you know they can really live out there and, and be farmers in south africa but if you're fighting a foe that 20 percent of the time the shots are off if not more and these aren't trained professionals you know what's the actual truth so luckily that was all addressed after the boer war and everything and and stuff but it's it's very interesting and isn't it kind of funny that they have all these issues with precision with the SMLE or sorry, with the Lee Medfords and thus they go to a P 14 style rifle. It's completely different with a new uh, type of ammunition. So it's kind of something interesting. It's it's, I will say it's very impressive that the fact that they actually have the correctly end fields in here too. Yeah. They're hard because to how many, because how many times in specifically at this point, in nineteen in any movie even before nineteen eighty were we having the wrong whatevers. You know, so that's that's very impressive the fact that, that you point that out. If you look at Blue Max show that. you know, that's yeah. it's the the Germans are using number fours and the, the British are using number threes. So it's all fucked up. Like I love I love how even the close up here it's you know you have the cutoff switch and all that stuff. Like that's that's cool. That's really cool. Love me a Mauser rifle. Who doesn't? That's wrong. They got less than that. But they bought a bunch of 7mm rifles. Um, the M93 variant from uh, 
It was a German company called Ludwig Loan Company. For people then, who are for for people who are on the audio, what was wrong about it? Well, just the, the what they're mentioning in this, the Chilean Mausers. What happened was is that after the British seized the last shipment of rifles and sold them to Chile. So there's a lot of discrepancies, but the, the Boers ended up buying a bunch of 1895 and 1896 model Mauser 7mm rifles, both cavalry and rifle models, from DWM, which originally was Ludwig Loan Company, but they changed names in, I think, 1897, 1896. So there's a discrepancy in what the receivers are marked. Um, the ones that went to the Orange Free State are marked OVS, and the ones that went to the Transvaal were never marked. But other than that, they just used shit that was sweating around South Africa. At the end of the campaigns, they were allowed to keep the rifles because it's South Africa. But they had to turn in all their captured British equipment. So a lot of the Boers actually would carry a Mauser rifle and a captured British rifle because it was easier to have ammunition for the British rifle. But they didn't want to give up their family rifle, obviously. So that hmm. was just something they had to do when they surrendered. They, they literally, they're like, okay, you can keep your rifle, you keep your ammo, but you have to give us that one because that's ours. <laughs> so it's kind of something that's funny. But that's what happens when you live on a territory or like, you know, a frontier. You need to be armed. Yeah. yeah I love the 1896 carbine or the 1895 carbine. They're, they're so cute. Hmm. They're so cute. I have a, um, the rifle, which is an original bore one. That's got to be a hell of a kick. Nope. Seven millimeter. It's like butter. Really? It's beautiful. Yep. Hmm. They're very nice. They're very light and they're very accurate. Is seven millimeter hard to find now? Nope. Still pretty prevalent. You can get it, yeah. The Maxim. Oh. That's like a oh, interesting right here, muzzle. Yeah. Just stand it for it. That was like a... Well, you can put so many attachments on them and shit. I guess that's a standard for Vickers or what. I'm actually not sure what, you know. The British didn't really want to adopt machine guns at this time because they thought that they could teach their riflemen to be, you know, faster at taking down targets and they didn't waste ammunition. Um, I don't believe the Boers ever used machine guns either, but that's something I'm not too sure about. So we had talked about this earlier. From what I could find, they were armed at one point during the siege or the battle and they were lost in the ruckus and that they were seen going into the front lines of the ruckus or of the fighting. Nobody knows if they, you know, quote, save the fort or whatever, but by all accounts, they were right there where they needed to be without hesitation. And what I even loved that they said in the film, it's like, well, that broke the monotony, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, and yet still sacrificed for the good of the empire. Just fucked, you know? Yeah. I That's think we it. have reached final thoughts. That's it, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, who who wants to go well, Let's start first. with our resident boar. Resident boar, like... <laughs> the Dutchman. <laughs> Who hates himself. Yeah. Except he's not flying. Oh, yeah. So we should ask you just to, to you know, get a weather vane. Do you still hate the Dutch? <laughs> I've never said I've hated the Dutch. Um, you've hate, You've always said you hate the Dutch. You, it's you, on record. Yeah, so we have a <laughs> yeah. record. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I, I uh, appreciate all of the, uh, a lot of things that have come from the Dutch. You know, there's some of the best art, uh, you know, of mankind so far has come from the Dutch, uh, in my opinion. But, uh, so... 
that's pretty much what they're the best for. But... You you can still hate them. It's uh, I don't know. As as uh, we'll keep your yeah. secret. No one needs the to. The Dutch yeah. are depressed. They're innovative, but they're depressed. I I uh, but no, it's it's uh it's an okay movie. Um, kind of reminded me of movies from this time a little bit, even though you said you know like this whole court thing. It's yeah, it was, but like it kind of did remind me in some aspects of like that movie about the Crimean War, you know, um, just kind of movies of that time. Uh, not bad. Uh, interesting story, I suppose. Uh, pretty good, you know. Like I said, it had some entertaining part, entertaining parts to it. So uh, you know, not bad. I'll give it a, I'll give it a six out of ten. So I'll give it to Nate now. I like how you're you're. What your review is literally like two sentences. What else it needs to be me... said? <laughs> A lot of things, man. <laughs> this movie. Oh my god! You know, let me let me give you a ten-hour dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just I'll um, no, I'll keep it quick too. I mean, tonight's gonna be a quick one. We're we're one man down, and it's a you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a in between week movie of our kind of hits. You know, I mean, like. We do. We like doing these, these, these kind of not well known more, more that not well known more. I what the fuck am I trying to say? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we like doing these not so known movies. There we go. Um, sometimes just because it's like you know, we don't want to burn through our you know our Netflix A list all the way through within the first year. Um, you know, I think. I think it's really good to remember these lesser known movies and, and these lesser known topics. And, and even if it is all about a courtroom, I think it's still very important to the overall kind of feeling of why we wanted to do this in the first place. I mean, I think it is a, you know, it's a, it's a very run of the mill movie from 1980, but you know, I think something that is very impressive about it is the filming location, the, the props, um, even the pacing of the story, I thought was really good. Um, you know, is it going to be a master and commander for me? No, it's it's slow. It's drawn out. It's about a subject that's about courtroom drama. I mean, it's not a, you know, it's not going to be an action-packed movie. Um, nonetheless, I liked it a lot. I liked um, liked a lot of things about it. And I think it, it deserves a pretty good damn good rating, I think, in my book. And I think I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 screen Mel Gibson's. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really like the 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 uh the, the the settings and the props and all that kind of stuff and I think it does need to be put on the radar as a pretty pretty good movie. I mean it again it's a courtroom movie. So don't expect, you know, Siege Jadotville kind of levels of entertainment. It's not that's not what this is. Um so but I, 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 I liked it a lot. Um, it, it caught me off guard. I was waiting for a fucking meandering, dull, night, black and white, 1950s-like era kind of film, and I did not get that. So, No, you got that, but right. with a color movie. <laughs> I'm well, kidding. I don't, just, I don't hate the movie. No, no, like no, no, no. You're, you're right. But, but, but here's the difference, though. And I will, and I'll just chime into that, and I'll hand off to Brian. It's like the language the way things were captured, the pacing is not 1950s. You know, like I, 
it was a 1980s movie style film where we're upgraded into that modern like type of capture of cinema where we are still getting, you know, kind of the pacing of a 60s movie, but we're not getting the coverage of a 60s movie. Does that kind of make sense? Like it's it's more in, it's more in depth. There's more cutting. There's more intricate shots. There's more. Uh, yes, it's Victorian British, but it's not like, oh, my God, put put a stake in my head. <laughs> you know, like type of talk, boring talk. Like I think it, it, it deserves, I think it, I think, I think the fact that it's made in 1980 is the only reason why I'm scoring it an eight out of 10. Um, and you know, and I, and I like it for that reason, um, because of the coverage and the stuff with that. And the battle stuff's pretty impressive. Guys are getting knocked off of horses and, you know, falling into flat on their backs on mud. Yeah. Like, decently... the combat in it's pretty decent. Yeah, you know? that is true. I agree with that. Yeah. And what I think what really sticks out to me is the right props, the right firearms, um, the right kind of feeling in the, in the sets to me. And it just, it felt, and I love the landscape. My God, that's beautiful. You know, whatever, wherever they filmed. I don't think it was South Africa, but, but it's, it's probably somewhere looking, in Australia. So probably, yeah. Although it is super cheap to film in South Africa for some reason. Huh, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> Reasons we don't talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with it. It's, uh, it's a very interesting film. It's a little long, but it's, overall, it, it does what it sets out to do, and it's a very good Boer War film. You know, if not the best Boer War film. Um... There's really nothing I could add except for the fact that it was really well shot as well. I forgot to mention that earlier, but I thought it was, you know, that might be why it's so long because they're like, well, it's a simple story, but it's such a cool location. And we have the film crew that's here and the props that are here. And, you know, I didn't see any digital watches or any cars or anything crazy, no. you know, like unlike Lord of the Rings. No. Hey, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is there a famous error in Lord of the Rings where you see a car? There's a car you can see a car. You can see like a parking lot in the back. Yeah, no, it's not see. a parking lot. It's a white car in the back of a wide shot. I know what he's talking about. We don't talk about that. It doesn't exist. <laughs> but. It's the Belrog. It's the Belrog coming up to the surface and spying. Okay. I don't know why you are pointing out a not so flaw in this movie. Okay. <laughs> You're the one that's basically giving us in the time. Shut, shut, shut up. Shut up. Shut so. up. You don't talk about God. <laughs> <laughs> but um no it's a really well done good movie for what it is and that being said i'm gonna give it an 8.5 it has a few technical issues um and the f what annoys me with the fact is that you know they made this film for a place in time which is fine 1980 australia where people knew what break of morant meant but you really want to make a film that's going to stand the test of time where you don't have to look it up you know so those things are just for reasons why it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it needs a little bit of work, but it's a really good film. And, you know, I hope that more people see it and it gets out there. So putting all the scores into the machine that will tell us if these men's death will actually bring a quicker end to the Boer War, we get a score of, I could do math. Nope, can't do math. Uh, <laughs> That's what I said in maybe school. I should call, maybe I should call your school board. 
tell you how to do math again. Yeah, well, I didn't pay yeah, yeah. fucking attention at all. So uh, yeah, yeah. We give it a score of seven point five. So double three oh three, and then some. Um. Yeah. No. It's it's a good movie. It's definitely worth a watch. So oh, cool. Oh yeah, there is a car in the background. I just looked up the footage. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about it. God. Stop. <laughs> Nate's, Nate's going on a YouTube videos that show it. And he's Stop. like, he's like, you know, filing copyright claims, anything to get it blocked. Stop <laughs> it. Stop. Leave Peter Jackson alone. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for your time, guys. Yeah. And uh, don't remember. Shoot straight, you bastards. <laughs> don't make a mess of it. Catch you guys next week. Rule of law, three, three. Please, uh. Well, if we lose Nate, we have an opening in the podcast. So if you'd like to join, please send a message to 6969 <laughs> Dutchman Way, Idaho. Street, yeah. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out.